Welcome to our last panel on Gaming Day. I'm Steph, and I'm going to be the MC and part of the panel, so I'm stoked about that. This is Cutscenes and Cupcakes Live. We are raising money for the Juvenile Diabetes Re Research Foundation. You can donate here at givebutter.com backslash Utah Remote Con 2. Uh, and we're also giving away a super fun prize for this panel. We're giving away a set of Arium books, which is um, TTRPG books. Sorry, we have a little little human in here with us. Um, a set of TTRPG books so that you can play some role-playing games as well. So be sure to donate this panel so that you can be entered in the raffle prize for um, that Arium book. I'm going to add in Marley and Lindsay. Hi! Hello! Welcome to Cutscenes and Cupcakes Live! We're Yay! so stoked to be doing this. We're also, we're super stoked to be talking about one of our old favorite games, which is... God of War! That was beautiful! <laughs> I feel like we need our um, theme music. Should we do oh like our own... I'm not ready! Oh, I was going to say we should do our own mouth version of it. But yeah, I play knew you were going to say that, so I pulled up the real thing. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Did you hear that at all? Uh, oh, yeah. definitely. It was super loud, huh? A part of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I couldn't tell like, because there was like a delay in the dancing, and I was like, oh, they can't hear it. No, we so heard just, it. <laughs> okay. No, I, was, I was just delayed in my dancing. Oh, okay. Well, we didn't do a sound check, obviously, but next no. time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're professionals here. Oh, I We always it. are. <laughs> We've been podcasting now for what? A little bit over two years? Yeah. I'd say two and a half. That's and crazy. Half. We're really cool. We yeah. are really cool. That is what yeah. makes a person cool is how long their podcast long is going. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter if the podcast is good. <laughs> longevity of it. So like when Manuel Miranda is not cool yet because he hasn't made a uh, podcast yet. So, we've got coolness points over him right now. Yes, <laughs> yes we do. That's a huge lie. Lynn Manuel Miranda is the coolest. And Stephanie agrees with me, but she Lin can't Lin say Lin so. Miranda is very cool and weirdly attractive. He's just attractive. Not weirdly, I've, yeah, I've gotten over the weirdly part. It's, he's, he's just, just <laughs> We are so excited to talk about God of War. We did a God of War episode Oh. It was early on. It was, uh, I believe that was our first season. Yeah. I want to say so too. Um, however, before we dive into God of War, we're going to do some not a sponsors first, just I like our times. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the segment that we normally do in our podcast. It's just kind of a fun way, um, for people to kind of like get to know us a little bit more. And it gives us a chance to kind of give a special shout out to something that maybe in the last few weeks or so has just made us happy or we're into or just whatever it is. So for those of you who don't know, that's what that is. <laughs> I need we're everyone coolest. to know this. Aaron thinks we're cool. We are cool. We are cool. So Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Marley, why don't you start us off on our not a sponsors? Okay. So I, this time I chose a podcast and it's called Dark Air. 
by Terry Carnation. <laughs> and it's actually a podcast that um, Rain Wilson, um, he played Dwight in The Office. Uh, he, and I mean, he's in a lot of other things, but that's what he's most known for. He created this character named Terry Carnation. I don't really know totally where it started, but I actually first heard him that character featured in a different podcast called Radio Rental. And then I think he just, everyone loved that character so much and he still wanted, like he loved it and he probably wanted to go on and do more with it. And so he created this podcast called Dark Air and he plays a radio host um, and the people kind of callers come on and kind of talk about like supernatural um, experiences that they've had and just kind of spooky, weird, odd things, um, aliens, ghosts, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it's just really entertaining. Um, I would definitely say it's not for kids. So, um, just keep that in mind. It's, 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 uh, I think it's PG 13 at least. <laughs> it's not higher, but, but it is a really, really enjoyable podcast. Um, I, Rain Wilson is just also like his character. He's just, um, as Terry Carnation, he's just really quirky and it's a totally different side. Um, cause yes, we, I think a lot of people really loved white from the office. Um, but you kind of get this other side of Rain Wilson and some of the capabilities and skills that he has as an actor and voice actor. So it's just a really, it's a really cool podcast. I highly recommend it. Well, I'm interested to check that out because I honestly, like, I haven't seen him in much other than The Office, mainly because my taste in movies is slim, um, meaning that I'm not exposed to a lot. I'll watch whatever, but I just don't <laughs> get a chance to watch a lot. But um, so I'd like to see this different side of him. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge Office fan, so it might be interesting to see him in something else than, other than The Office. Yeah. And it's, and it's just kind of a fun, I mean, it's, it's all like nonfiction. I mean, not nonfiction. It's all fiction, obviously. So it's just kind of like a, um, just kind of a step into an, another world kind of thing. So yeah. For some reason I'm envisioning Limetown, but that's probably not what it's oh, like. Oh, I never gave Limetown. It's I don't know Limetown. It. It's like one of the OG podcasts, like serial, like it's a story. It's a serial yeah. story. It's about, um, it's about a reporter, and so she'll, like, come and record her notes about the case, oh. and then, like, you'll hear stuff in the background that's kind of spoopy, like someone banging on the door. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it actually is kind of, like, a lot like that. Like, it's just, yeah. Hmm. Cool. The production is really well done, for sure. Nice. Who's next? And, and there's also a bunch of other, um, like, other celebrities who pop in as, like, guests and stuff yeah. for their characters. Anyways, go on. Lindsay. Okay. I did nose goes, but I'll go. Oh, okay. Because that's what nose goes means, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I picked a uh, TV series called Staged. It's put on by the BBC. Um, you may have heard me talk about it the past few weeks. It's with uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Not Martin Sheen, not Charlie Sheen, Michael Sheen. They make that joke too, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, but it's about like two actors in the middle of the, like in the height of the pandemic and they don't really know like what to do with themselves. So them and their friendship gets kind of listless. They have tons of voice actors and guest appearances and not voice actors. Sorry. <laughs> I'm in gaming mode. They have tons <laughs> of um, guest actors and appearances and um, 
it's fun. It's fun to see the people who they got and how they work them into the story. And it's such a creative little story because it all takes place like over Zoom because um, they don't want to, you know, risk seeing each other. So it's it's been fun. Um, I finished it again last week, I think. I finished the second season again, and it is just... Josh Gad plays a part in it, and he is hysterical. I just want to give shout-outs to him. I so, love Josh Gad so much. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh, Hulu. Yeah. I want Josh Gad to be my best friend. So I guess he I is should my watch best this and best listen, friend. listen to your advice. Yes, because he is my best friend. <laughs> um, My not a sponsor is something I've slept on for a hot minute, and now that I finally have like a lot of time because I've been on maternity leave, uh, I've been able to watch it and put some time into it. And it is The Crown. Netflix original TV show. It's really good. I told you. Yeah, it's about the royals in England. And it's really interesting because I feel like I started watching it right after uh, Prince Philip died. And I didn't Mm. really know who the heck Prince Philip was. And then this show has helped me see who he was a little bit better. So it's fun and educational. Yes. Prince Philip is played by Matt Smith. And he does really well, but it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know Matt Smith super well, although I do know he was the doctor. Um, But he plays a dick. Like, Prince Philip is a little bit of a douchebag in this. He is. Like, you know it's true, Marley. (laughs) I mean, he's put in a he's put in a really difficult position. He's doing yes. the best he can with what he has. <laughs> it's all like a dramatic, like it's just like there's so much drama and there's so much like real feelings coming out. So I guess it's not that he's a dick; it's that he, yeah, has a lot of hard choices well, and is put in a hard decision. And just wait position. till season. I think it's three and four, or is it four when they when they kind of skip t- uh, time skip and, and then change actors. The guy who plays Prince Philip is the bad guy in Outlander. Yes. So that happens in season three because I just started like season three, episode one yesterday. And it's so weird because like seeing him in Outlander and he's like this awful, terrible human. And then now he's like this other character. It's just like, I can't, I can't see him as anybody else besides Captain Randall. I'm sorry. That actor. Yeah. He's, he's definitely pigeonholed as Captain Randall. (laughs) He's really a good actor though. Anyways. Um, So yeah, it's been great. Helena Bonham Carter is in the third season, which is fun. I love Helena Bonham. Um, but the crown, I mean, it is, it's kind of a long, dry period piece, not dry, but it's a period piece. So it isn't mm-hmm. like a super like actiony. It's, um, but it's really good. So if you need a TV show, check that out, check out staged, check out, remind me what your podcast was called, Marley. Dark air, dark air. So not sponsors, but if you want us to, we will definitely talk more about you guys. If you want to contact us. Yeah. If the price is right. If the price is Come right. On, what is the price? What would the we'll right price be? We'll discuss it with them when they like contact really us for a like meeting. Some pizzas and some cupcakes and we, we're, we'd be set. You're not wrong, but we might want to discuss our terms with our. Network I mean, if first. It's, <laughs> it's Netflix or Hulu, I want free membership for life. That is true. Is that too much to ask? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> should we dive, dive in? in? Yes, I think we should dive in. I absolutely think we should dive in. So, without further ado, let's dive in.
Yay. <laughs> um, do you want me to read the thing on God of War or is that like yeah. too much of a weird? No, do okay. it. Do it. Uh, God of War is an action adventure game developed by Santa Monica Studio and Sony, uh, released worldwide, uh, in 2018 for PlayStation. It is the eighth installment, eight people of God of War series. It's eight and the eighth chronologically. Um, the sequel to God of War 3, unlike previous games, which were loosely based on Greek mythology, this installment is rooted in North mythology, with the majority of it set in Scandinavia in the realm of Midgard. Um, so, let's see here. We start out the game with Kratos, and um, then soon joined by Atreus, his son, and we don't know much about his wife. We all just kind of think, like, who is this freezer woman that is his wife? Like, we need to know who she was and her, you know, who was good enough to marry Kratos. Um, but, you know, events turn and we finally find out who that is. Yes. And Sorry, my mic just, like, cut out. Oh, I was wondering. I did see some several technical issues, so I just kept talking. Which no, is what good. I do best. Can you hear me now? Um, We're good? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Um, so yeah, we we get a lot of um, interesting sides of Kratos in this installment of God of War. Before he's just kind of beefy man all rage. Um, you know, he has his motivations. He has his um, revenge reasons and his revenge. But he... We don't get this side of him that he is wanting to do good as a father. We don't get a lot of the things that we see. And it's just, I think we get a very three-dimensional Kratos. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think there's a lot that this game has to offer that the previous games did not discuss. <laughs> well, we had a I mean... Panel- a little bit earlier about um, like the future of gaming. And we talked a lot about narrative. And mm-hmm. I think that this game is kind of, I don't want to say it's like a change, but, or a turning point, but I do think it has a different narrative than the previous games. For sure. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, and I think for me as well, I mean, yeah, I, I might not have really started or like really gotten into my like gamer, I guess, chapter of my life really until I had a PlayStation 4. So I really didn't get to personally um, experience these previous God of War games. I, I, I kind of watched God of War 3 played a couple of times, but not enough to like really like, like, yeah, I thought it was cool. And like, I love Greek mythology, Roman mythology. Like I love all of that, that setting. Um, but it really wasn't until this game and especially just hearing all the hype around it, um, mostly from our own friends. <laughs> and then also just like, it's a beautiful game. Like I really appreciate good graphics in a game. And so just kind of those couple of elements drew me to it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, you know what? I want to give this a shot. Like I want to, I want to see what this whole thing is about. And yeah, maybe, I, you know, there's some people who can say that we maybe don't totally appreciate the God of War franchise as much as we should because we haven't played those previous games. But like, I don't, I don't think you have to though. Like, I don't yeah. think you do. You know, there's, there's definitely more that you can appreciate from those games without having to go all the way back to the beginning. I'm sure the same thing can be said about like even the Resident Evil franchise. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of people are jumping onto it kind of now 
especially with the the latest couple of games being so good, you know? So I think it just kind of, it doesn't matter. Just be a fan and have fun with it. No matter where you jump into the story. (laughs) And don't say that somebody who jumps in late isn't a fan, AKA me with like Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little late to the party, but Stephanie convinced me to listen. And here we are. Um, Um, We were late to the party on Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Okay. There we go. I didn't even watch it until it came on Disney Plus last year. That's <laughs> or fair. And I don't think a lot of people did. But that doesn't make you any less of a fan or any less no. passionate about what you have seen. Well, yeah. I think that kind of brings up a good point even about God of War is accessibility. Mm. Um, because, I mean, God of War started, I think the first game was on Play- PlayStation 2. Yeah, I think it I think it's really <laughs> so I how know. is one supposed to play it? I don't think any of the games have been remastered yet. So unless you have a PlayStation 2 or a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4 at your disposal, how are you supposed to play the previous games? I mean, you can Emulators. watch play. You can switch. Simula- yeah. Emulators. But, <laughs> but. Well, and also you, um, I don't, I mean, I'm, I could say the same thing kind of about you guys too, because we're pretty much the same age, but like, at the time when those games were coming out on PlayStation 2 and 3, I was not old enough to play God of War. You know, because God of War is not for kids. It's, it's definitely not a kid game. It's very violent. And I, my, I, <laughs> the games I was allowed to play when I was younger and had a PlayStation 2 was Dance Dance Revolution, if that tells you anything. <laughs> that says a lot, Marley. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It says the exact same thing as like most people our age. <laughs> yeah, I just, it, I wasn't allowed to. It was just way too mature for my age. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since we're respawning this episode, I just kind of had a question for you guys to see what you thought. Um, in like Mike Marley, you for example replayed God of War 2018, um, probably more recently than me mm-hmm. and Steph. But when you replayed it, did you learn anything? Like, did you pick up anything that you hadn't before? Because I feel like this is one of those games that, like, the second time I replayed it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's right! Oh, this, that, this," and then you kind of have in mind some of the things at the end that you learn, um, some of the spoilers prepare yourselves. Um, we are talking about them. This game has been out for three years. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think if there's any specifics, but I think my biggest takeaway from playing it a second time around was just that I appreciated it a ton more. The first Mm -hmm. time we played it, we were playing with a big group of friends. I don't think I even actually touched the controller once, which is partly my own fault because I didn't really ask for it. Like I think turn. Ryan and Blake would beg to differ, but they're not on this panel. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just kind of, I guess I just kind of, I was curious about the game and I kind of just wanted to uh, just watch. I was just more comfortable watching. But then the second time around, I was like, you know what? I have, I, I progressed as a gamer. That's for sure. And I feel more comfortable trying something new. And so I I, play, I um, did the playthrough with my boyfriend because he had never played it either. So he didn't know all the spoilers. So I had to like, I had to be quiet, you know, and not spoil anything because I knew what was going to happen at the big reveal at the end. But I think, again, I just, I really appreciated it more. I was able to soak in the world and just, again, those amazing graphics and 
the combat capabilities and like the cool weapons, the cool armor, and just all the fun upgrades that you can do. Um, and even the, even the, uh, the two side characters, um, the brothers, the, the ones who do like the armor. Um, no, it's um, not. Oh my gosh, we should have looked this up. <laughs> no, I know them. Hang on. Um, Mo- no, what are their names? It's but like they're... Moby and Moby. <laughs> <laughs> that's not it. Hang on, I will. But find anyways, it. like, oh, they're... it's Modi and Mag. No, that's the Modi and Magni are the brothers of um, uh, Thor's what, Baldur. Those are the sons of Thor. The sons of Thor. That's right. But we are talking about. I'm talking about the the dwarf brothers, Rock and Sindri. Yes! There okay, we go. Man, I did not come prepared. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, again, like, just kind of being around those characters again, like, it was so fun to just, like, oh, there's Brock! Oh, there's Sindri! You're just like, I know these mm-hmm. characters already, and it's just kind of fun to be, like, reintroduced to them, because they're actually really entertaining, and they oh, say some sure. of the snarkiest things in that game, and you have to, you have to pay attention. <laughs> They are very, very witty, and that's something I also appreciated about my second playthrough is, like, Brock and Sindri, and, like, Sindri is the one that is super squeamish and always throwing up and, like, disgusted by blood, <laughs> and I I think about him almost every day, and I'm not making this up because I take out the trash at work, and I, like, have had a dry heaving problem lately, <laughs> so I'll just be like, uh, 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 like as I drop the trash in, and I'm just like, I'm just like Sindri, like oh my goodness. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's been so like fun to replay and see these characters again and like appreciate them. Steffers. I was going to throw up Colin's um, comment that says, one of the things I love about the latest God of War was no load scripts between each section. Everything was smooth transitions. You never had to wait to get to the next point. First game to my knowledge to do that with graphics. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it, Sorry, it's so good. Sorry. It's so good that like, I, I didn't even realize it was happening. Yeah. Like it's such a smooth transition. Like you don't even realize, Oh wait, there was no load screen. Like at least yeah. for me, I, I had no idea. Until I was reading more about this game again, and I'm like, oh yeah, it doesn't have load screens. <laughs> yeah, you're just waiting for like the Bifrost to do its thing, and it's so pleasing right. to watch that you're like, ah, here we go, you know. <laughs> and it's not. I mean, there's games that have kind of tricked you before. I'm looking at Mass Effect because I'm replaying it, <laughs> and like they have the elevators where you're in the elevator and it's loading, and it just plays like elevator music, and the teams talk to each other, but like. It's actually much smoother than that because after five minutes in an elevator in silence, you're like, okay, let the game load, you know? Wasn't this game released with the PlayStation 4 when it was released? No. no it wasn't. Okay. PlayStation 4 came out in 2013. Okay. So this is end of the console generation. Well, because, yeah, it is. It's Not only is it, like, the load screen... But also the um, graphics are so amazing in this game. This mm-hmm. is really kind of where I think PlayStation is doing a step up with their gaming. They're oh, for sure. Where it's like beautiful graphics plus amazing gameplay. Well, and it won. Um, it won Game of the Year that year in 2018. It did, and for dang good reason. Yeah, yeah. and it was up a. It was up against a lot of. Um, really good contenders. It also won best game direction. And I'm trying to 
skip through this really quick. And it was, it got the best action adventure game too of the year. Um, and cause I remember, I remember watching, um, the game awards, uh, this year or for, for this year, 2018. And I just remember like looking at the, um, it was up against for game of the year. It was up against Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, Marvel, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World and Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, and yeah, I think, yeah. I think especially with Red Dead, it was very neck and neck. Um, cause Red Dead won a lot of different, um, categories as well. And so I think once they got to the end, like it was like, it could be anybody. It could be either, or I mean, it could be either one. Who knows? And then it ended up being God of War, which is very deserving, but also I think, I mean, Red Dead is still very deserving of the nomination. <laughs> <laughs> Um, PlayStation has a way of doing that, or the Game Awards have a, have a way of doing that. Last year, I think Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima, all those are very neck and neck. Yes, that is very true. That is very very true. Um, it's been a good couple years for gaming. Can we? Well, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you. Okay, I was just think we really need no, to me. dive into how the um, voice actors and the soundtrack and the soundscape of the game are because those are things I think were also in the runnings, if not one um, game of the year, that game of the year awards. Um, but yeah, they're just so good. You guys. <laughs> yeah, I Christopher isn't judge it, as Kratos. Is he it? He's nailed it. Yes. Yeah. Christopher judge. I fun fact. I have met him. I know, lucky, lucky you. I know. I was thinking about that, how you and Blake and Brian went to, Gaming, uh, con. gaming con. I think both Lindsay and I were working. Yeah, I was. Well, it was fair. It was a very last minute decision too, and we we're like, "Hey, let's go!" And like Brian and Blake, like they really wanted to go because um, there actually were a couple other uh, voice actors for God of War. the The guy who did um, Balder, and then also Freya, not Freya. What Faye? is her name? No, not Freya. no the 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 witch lady, the one in I Freya. Don't... Is it Freya? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then I think some one other person or so. Yeah, I, I swear there were at least four or five uh, voice actors that were coming. Was on Atreus there? The kid that plays Atreus? I don't think so. Atreus. <laughs> but anyways, I, I I just remember those guys. They they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna we want to go to gaming con. We want to see like the panel because there was a there was supposed to be a panel with all of them on it. And I think I don't know if I was an afterthought or what, but they were just like, oh hey Mar, do you want to come? And I'm like. Actually, yes, I do want to come. And it was actually, it was way fun. And then I, uh, our friend Brian um, was just so, 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 so excited to meet Christopher Judge because um, he had a uh, action figure of Kratos that he had him sign. Was and it so a I Funko was, Pop? No, it was not a Funko Pop. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was, I remember standing there and, and just like listening to him talk. You're just like, it, you just get chills because you're just like, oh, that's Kratos. <laughs> That's and cool. to make a long story short, it was actually ended up being kind of sad after that because last minute the con changed the time of the panel and it had already happened by the time we got there. And we were so bummed that we missed it, but we were just at least glad that we could at least go talk to Christopher Judge and Brian could get his autograph. <laughs> I, was I have the cutest the- picture of. <laughs> yeah. I took I it and then I sent it to all of you. <laughs> that makes me so happy, but... You um, probably wouldn't consent to having me show it on air. <laughs> so we won't do that. Nolan North and Troy Baker do play Modi and Magni. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, oh, so we get the iconic one, voice actors there. Yes. I have a fun fact about that. 
So that was actually, um, so Troy Baker and Nolan North, obviously they've done a lot of games together. Um, but this was actually the second game where they played characters who were brothers. The first, the first one was Uncharted 4. So they hadn't really done that a lot. I think they just, they, a lot of times they play like, um, contending characters or, or even hero and villain. But yeah, they, they don't play brothers very often, which is kind of interesting. Mm. Fun fact. That is a fun fact. And then um, <laughs> the music in God of War is just yes. beautiful. Ooh, isn't it Bear McCreary? It is Bear McCreary, um, who has worked on Battlestar Galactica, The Walking Dead, um, and of course God of War, Outlander. He's he's a busy guy, and he does a lot of really amazing music that I think is yes. just above and beyond what I expected for this game. And I had high expectations. Did we do a podcast episode about gaming scores? I think we did a, a side yeah, something we, about it. Yeah, we did do a side mission. Um, well, and it God of War's soundtrack is one of those soundtracks that is so easy to revisit and just listen to it like just in everyday life. Like if you're just like, you know what? I really need some awesome music or beautiful music going on in the background of whatever I'm doing right now. Maybe you're studying or you're at work or something. Put on the God of War soundtrack. It is so good. (laughs) It is so good. And it's like, I don't know, phase theme that kind of carries through the whole, um, through the whole game is just amazing to me because you'll hear it when they're thinking about her, not necessarily when they're just talking about her or doing something for her. Um, But you'll just hear her theme and you're just like, Oh, phase there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was so well designed and so well put into the soundtrack. I have goosebumps just talking about it because I get so excited about um, game scores, but um, not only was the soundtrack great, but the soundscape, like the mm-hmm. crunching of the feet in the snow, you know, little things like that, the weaponry. It just, it sounds good. It's very pleasing to listen to and to look at. And the gameplay is fun. You know, like it's just such a good game. What are the people called who do like the, like the crunching, who make them noises for like movies and games? Foley sound, actors? Sound actors? Sound no, actors? Foley actors. Know. Um. Oh, well, those are Foley is, I think, strictly mouth. So it's like kind of, you know, sounds. No, I think they do like other things too. Like, um, anyways, like crunch leaves and things. Yeah, for crunch leaves and do steps. I, I think that'd be such a fun thing to do, especially like with weaponry and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, have to like fight. Oh, you're right. I just made that up. You're right. Yeah. I'm it's a Foley that. artist. You remember that. Uh, just this once, I will. Since um, <laughs> since you brought up Faye, I think that we should definitely talk about the twist at the end of God of War. Oh, for sure. Um, so Faye is a giant, one of the last remaining. Yodin-Hine. But she is also dead now. Um, yes. Uh, Faye is an interesting character. Um, she clearly had great love for her family and this kind of interesting way of uniting them because, you know, Kratos is the hard ass dad and Atreus is the caring soft kid that he is. And 
Faye's ultimate plan with her death was to say, not that she died for this reason, but just died and then also had this be her will, um, to reunite them by having them go on this journey together. Mm-hmm. And it starts out rough. It starts out really rough with Kratos, you know, you're not ready, you know, and you're impatient and you're, you're not ready. You're a horrible child, you know. You, you can't handle yourself in battle to that final battle when they work as a team so well. And like, yes. you know, Atreus is jumping off of Kratos arm and shooting a guy like Legolas. And like, it's just amazing. Like the journey that they take together. And that was all phase design, you know, her gold handwriting, her gold um, paintings to guide them where to go, and where to step. It's amazing. Well, well, and we see this new side of Kratos. You know, we talked about earlier in this, um, at the top of this episode where, you know, especially compared to the previous God of War games, like all of a sudden we're seeing a softer side of this big burly man, you know, like now mm-hmm. all of a sudden he's, you, you see him, you, you can tell that he cares about his son, but it's really not till closer to the end of the game where you're just like, Oh my gosh, I am just rooting so hard for these two and I'm so happy that they are like <coughs> gaining this relationship together and you are actually get to see it unfold throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um and just to see again just to see Kratos in this whole other light. Yeah. Well, and I think they do a really good job of making Atreus and um Kratos foils of each other where Kratos is seeing his own weakness in his son mm-hmm. and trying to correct it. But that isn't necessarily, you have to correct, but you also need to, like in parenting in general, you see the weaknesses in your kids, but you also see your own weakness in yourself and trying to merge those things together, not take away from your kid, but also train them to be the person you want them to be. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy thing. And I think Kratos sees that in his kid where he's a little bit more sensitive. He's a little bit smaller. And so he wants him to be a powerful warrior because that's what Kratos knows but i also don't think Kratos wants to kratos wants to crush like the good parts of him too and i think they probably saw that that kratos needed atreus and atreus needed kratos right they do have that's such a beautiful point they have this like um we're like symbiotic relationship of kratos seeing his own humanity in his son and despising it and kratos seeing his godhood in his son and despising it and then appreciating it at the same time, different aspects. And then, you know, Atreus doing the same to Kratos, but he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know he's part God until way, way into the game. A little, it it gets to the point where I'm ripping my hair out and I'm like, tell him, you know, like it's, it's a discussion you need to have, but um, it's just so, I don't know. It's such a good story. The characters are so well-written. Well, and kind of go, talking about Atreus still here, I I was actually reading some trivia the other day, just kind of brush up on some like fun fa- fun facts about mm-hmm. God of War that I actually might have not have known previously, and and even just playing through it again, you are your eyes are kind of opened up to these little things. So again, one of the <laughs> big one of the big reveals at the very end of the game is that Atreus is, I mean, he's Loki essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually throughout the game, they give you little tiny clues. 
And so like, if you're, if you're well-versed in um, Norse mythology, you should have picked up on this. Actually, it's actually really interesting. So I'm going to share a couple of those things. Uh, the first one is being his mom um, being named Faye. And because um, his Loki's mother is also known as Laufey in Norse mythology. And so um, Faye is like a shortened form of Laufey. So that's kind of one little clue. Another one is um, during some of their conversation. I know that. By being yeah. smart, which I'm not. I, I know. Hey, but not in this do. realm. Um, another one is Atreus asks Kratos if he can change into an animal, which Loki is known to be a shapeshifter. Oh. Um, another one is that the giant, the world snake, um, Jormungandr. Um, there's actually a moment where he takes it. This is I'm reading off of IMDb, by the way. He takes a brief but keen look at Atreus. Which is um, interesting because in the Norse myth, Jormungandr is Loki's child. <laughs> oh. So they have that connection as well. And then That's another funny. one. <laughs> Norse mythology is wild, man. Like, hey, daddy. <laughs> isn't Loki supposed to be born from a horse as well? Yeah. And then another, sorry, one more thing. And then another one that's related to the game is that so Atreus takes away Baldur's invulnerability with a mistletoe arrow. So he kind of uses that, um, those, those herbs there. And it, in, that's what enables him to finally be beaten and killed. And then again, in Norse mythology, Baldur was slain with a mistletoe arrow by Loki. So it's oh. like, we should have known. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, it was an accident though, because remember he had used that arrow to patch up Loki's um, equipment. And yeah. he's like, we take care of our things. We don't just, you know, let it be disintegrating. And then they throw away the arrows because Freya freaks out. Like, those are going to kill my child. They're evil. And then yep. it, he just had that one left. And it, like, what a great twist. What great writing for that mm -hmm. to be there. It just kind of as a um, Chekhov's gun of just like, we don't know that this is going to be useful, but it turns out to be like very key. You know, and just because it's there, it's going to be kill used to kill someone. <laughs> like it's cool. I well, keep talking about these things. Writing, I think. Mm -hmm. you, yeah, you love to see that type of thing when you're writing a book, and so it's really fun that they bring in those types of little Easter eggs in video gaming too. Well, mm -hmm. and the, it shows that they've done their research, just mm -hmm. like with an author. Um, you know, dozen books. It's it's awesome to see the level of research that goes into even developing these games. I mean, even um, like I think of like Ghost of Tsushima and the game developers and, and writers there. I mean, they like actually went over like to Japan and like studied things and like looked at the landscape and like went back and, you know, looked in history books like they really like wanted to get it as accurate as possible. Um, and obviously Norse mythology is I mean, it's it's mythology. It's you know, it's as accurate as you're going to get, but like, um, you know, it's just the level of research and detail that goes into it. And so someone who might be a little bit more knowledgeable or, or an avid fan of a given thing, it's way fun to be able to, to find those Easter eggs for sure. Oh yeah. And I'm happy you did that research because I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I, I'm very limited in North mythology in that, like, I've seen the movie Thor um, I watched some of Vikings and that's about it. <laughs> like, so it's cool to like learn this stuff and it's even better to learn it from one of my favorite mediums, which is a video game. Mm -hmm. 
If you haven't watched Vikings, by the way, watch it just for Justin Fimmel. He's very pretty. (laughs) Um, Another fun, kind of while we're talking about mythology, it's interesting. The Game Makers actually considered an entirely different mythology as a setting instead Mm -hmm. of Norse. Do you guys know what that was originally? Uh, No. Egyptian. Oh, that would be cool. I could have that could be fun, a fun direction for God of War to go into. That is yeah. interesting. I, I would love that. And it'd also be really cool to see um, them going like some more like Eastern um, cultures as well. Like that would be it would be cool to see. I know we just had Ghost of Tsushima, but like how awesome would that be to get a God of War in like Japan or China or even in some of those other like um, islands down there? Like how awesome would that be? Well, I, think I bet that- they, I wonder if they didn't because Assassin's Creed Origins had come out the previous year and that is set in Egypt, if I'm not wrong. Right? I, maybe. You know Assassin's Creed better than me and Steph. One of them is set in Egypt. Origins and Odyssey get Odyssey. me mixed up, but I'm pretty sure Odyssey is Roman. Greek. Yeah. Greek. Or Re- yeah. Greco-Roman. And then, um, Origins is Egypt. So I wonder if they decided also like, okay, let's try to do something a little different. Let's do Norse. We can have these settings. We can have like entire worlds be levels. You know, how perfect was that to get set up? Well, I was going to compare it to, yeah, Assassin's Creed, where it is really, um, they're able to change it up and make it do like different regions, the same as um, Assassin's Creed does, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I think it is cool. I'd love to work like, I'm not really into the gaming industry, really. I don't really know if I ever want to work on a game. But if I did, I'd want to work on a series that had that creative power to just be Mm -hmm. like, okay, let's venture into something new. Always. Well, do we think, okay, obviously, we know that the next God of War is called Ragnarok. So it's going, I mean, we know it's going to be Norse mythology. But do you guys think that they're going to maybe venture into a different realm, maybe by accident, or they're like, Hey, we need to get, we need, yeah, we need to get away from Thor because he's going to kill us. And so they escape into a different, like totally different world. I don't know. What do you guys, do you guys think that could happen? Or do you think they're going to stick with Norse? I imagine they'll stick with Norse, but I'm always happy to be proved wrong with this kind of thing. (laughs) I think they'd have to take a lot of creative liberties to change it to a different um, mythology, yeah, which they could totally do, but I feel like they kind of set it up so that it would be a continuation mm-hmm. of Norse mythology. But what? like oh. Assassin's Creed, I don't think they're going to end anytime soon. I think they may change um, main characters. It might Maybe. not be Kratos anymore. It could be Atreus or someone else taking over the titular character. I actually was just uh, reading how Atreus, not Atreus, excuse me, um, they kind of wanted to do away with Kratos. Um, They were like, oh, this character is, you know, he's kind of seen his day and his story has run its course. But um, they ended up keeping him and deciding that he would have to learn to control his violence and rage. Well, I'm glad they did because Papa Kratos is great. Oh, yeah. Papa Kratos. Like the ultimate ending for Kratos is that he can finally die and be back with his family who he lost in the first God of War game. And Faye. And Faye, but yeah. yeah. I remember but that's, the, 
the pre the TV commercial for the first God of War game. I don't know if it was, but where you see his family die and then you see all the ashes go onto him. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play the game, but it's so captivating. Yeah. So yeah, the idea that he'll be able to like be with his family again. So well, then at the end we see, you know, Kratos dying on the mural. Yeah. And he just kind of like lifts it, looks at it and is just like, okay. I'm like, so you know, do you guys think that's what's going to happen in the next one? I think I, so. I could totally see Kratos dying. Maybe. I mean, we had one hell of a foreshadow for her. We just don't know when it's going to come. Yeah. It could be like a, it could be like a Last of Us Part 2 thing where he dies early on. Yeah. I was and just thinking that. I'm like, this is like Joel all over again. We and then like, you have to, that we you know have the main character is going to die. <laughs> yeah. You have to play the rest of the game as like the person that's, uh, um, you know, his son, it'd probably be, I'm sure it would switch to Atreus. Atreus yeah. And, and you get to play him as the main character. And then maybe there is some sort of like revenge plot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not just, just to kind of get that out of the way so that now the focus can kind of be on Atreus and his, um, development as a, as a character. I, I hope they, I hope they do a time skip. I hope he's not uh, still a, a, like a silly little boy. I hope he's a little bit more mature. <laughs> Yeah. He is. He is pretty whiny. He is pretty. Like, he matures quite a bit over the. Yeah, like he goes through his little like teenager whiny. Like I'm a god. I can do whatever I want. Phase. But <laughs> after that, he becomes cool and he seems more like an 18 year old to me than like a 12 year old where he started at. Hard to say. <laughs> we, Erica, I, same mind. It's it's because I always think about Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever play Atreus in God of War? Uh-uh. No. no you kind really of command him. You're just like, shoot that guy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not ready. <laughs> well, and you do have to keep an eye on him and, like, make sure that he does, like, uh, like bad guys don't kill him. So you do kind of have, like, he's not, he's not just an NPC that's just kind of just chilling there, yeah. like, waiting for stuff to happen. Like, you actually have to be like, oh, my gosh, I need to make sure he's not dying. <laughs> Well, and it would be interesting to play Atreus because the game mechanics would be totally different from Kratos, who's such a heavy. <gasps> do, you think, do you think he'll get to use the Chaos Blades? Atreus? Or the Leviathan Axe? Oh, that would be cool. I feel like the Leviathan Axe is as big as Atreus. So well, I don't know fair. how, he's gonna that, up. He's gonna I don't know how that will work out. He's, he's <laughs> like half god, so he's going to get bigger, right? <laughs> yeah. That's half what that means. Half yeah. god, half what giant. If, what if since... Thor's kids are in it. He he gets Mjolnir on somehow. Well, we did see Mjolnir in yeah. the. Yeah. He killed Thor's kids. Kratos, but, remember? So it'll be Kratos, or I'm sorry, it'll be Thor. And then are you talking about in the next game? Yeah, in yeah. the next game. Yeah. If oh, he kills Thor in the next game, will he inherit Mjolnir? Mm. Is he worthy? That is the question. Yeah, that would be worthy. Oh, yeah. There's so much. I'm, I'm so excited. Do we even? I don't think we even have a release date yet for for Ragnarok, do we? Oh, Google wasn't it. it supposed to be sometime this year? Which it's I just been announced, but I don't happen. know if the exact date has been announced. It's but. supposed to be 2021. But I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if they push it a little more. Mm-hmm. It does look like it's been delayed. Um, one of the headlines says, God of War Ragnarok release date conspicuously absent from the latest PS5 news. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that tracks. That's a fair headline. Well, 
And honestly, I guess I just, we talked about this in a previous panel as well. I, I think I actually would be okay if they delayed it. If they're still working on things, if they're still trying to develop some things, take your time. Like we want, we want a complete and amazing game. We don't, don't we don't make want to pay to be your beta tester. I feel yeah. so strongly about that. Yeah, totally. So yeah, I'm, if they take their time and it ends up being 2022, I'll be happy to wait for it. So in lieu of a rating, I, unless, did you guys want to do rating? I don't think we need to do rating. We, we, love I, yeah, rating. we did it. We That's love fine. it. But, and so in lieu of a rating, um, let's ask, let's answer the question, especially once sometime, you know, once we get a release date for Ragnarok, are you guys, are you guys going to play God of War again, just to kind of refresh and, and get ready for the next one? Are you guys going to play through that game again? When a release date is announced. Yes. I think that's fair. Or when I it's getting it. close. I've only re- I've only played it the one time, so I should replay it. I I will I'm going to do it again. I actually like I think I've thought about it a couple of times lately and I'm like I kind of want to just pick up God of War. But I think I want to wait. I want to wait until we have a release date and then get really like excited and pumped about it. Mhm. I, I like agree. it. Well, we'll have oh, to do that together. Calling this a five chocolate covered pretzels. That's really good, Colin. You gotta be some good pretzels. Like little tiny pretzels or big, like long pretzels? Like not the ones you can get for a dollar, the flips ones at the grocery store. Those are good though. But I'm talking like gourmet, good chocolate covered pretzels. Now I'm getting hungry. I know. I'm getting thirsty. Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, I think that we do have to bring this to an end. I did want to announce the winner of our raffle prize. If you guys will give me a drum roll. (laughs) What was that? A drum roll. It's just a different kind of drum. Um, Howler Pod won the Arium Bud. Yay! Friends of the Pod. Pod that Aaron we love. Aaron. Yes. They joined us on our Red Rising panel a couple nights ago. That was so much fun. Yeah, they were super great. So I'm excited that they won. Um, like on all episodes, we did not practice this beforehand, but you guys should grab a friend, eat some cupcakes, and play some video games. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.